joy is one of those things that we just don't talk nearly enough about, especially when it comes to business. And we went into business because we were passionate about something that we were doing. For a lot of your listeners, I'm sure it's doing you know, design work and finding colors and matching patterns and doing all of those things that brought us a lot of, of passion and excitement. And then we have to do all the behind the scenes stuff. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. BuildLane is a platform that makes it super easy for designers to specify custom furniture. They are changing the game. The end result is an unleashing of your creativity Whatever you can imagine can be built. And whether or not you're a novice at custom furniture design or an expert, Build Lane's team can make the process super easy. Head on over to buildlane.com. That's buildlane.com. Use code WINGNUT250 to get a $250 discount just for you. Buildlane.com. This podcast is also brought to you by guess who? WingNut Social. We are a digital marketing agency for interior designers and adjacent verticals such as home pros, architects, landscapers, decorators, home stagers, home business coaches, you name it. Give us a call at 786-206-4331 or go look at our case studies from our happy, happy interior design clients at wingnutsocial.com. That's wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, Darla Jethro-Powell, the Grand High Poobah of Wingnut Social, a social media marketing agency for the interior design industry. Today, we have a very interesting guest. We have Tanya Dalton, and she and I are going to be talking about a couple of things, finding your joy in this job or in another job. Maybe you're sitting out there and you're thinking, I've always wanted to be an interior designer, but I have this full-time job. Should I go? Should I go do it? Or maybe you're out there saying, gosh, this interior design thing is just a little more stressful than I thought it'd be. What can I do to, to hone back in on my why and figure out my joy and why I started it in the first place? And Tanya and I are going to discuss all of that and then some. So you don't want to miss that. You want to stick around and hear what she has to say. And in the extended interview at the Wingnut Premium episode, we dive a little bit deeper and she goes into some methodologies and steps that she recommends to figure out and to assess your methodologies for reaching your ideal monthly income targets to see, you know, what it is that you're doing right, setting those goals, reassessing, evaluating, and staying fluid in keeping your business alive and afloat, and most importantly, stay happy while doing it. If you're not a member of Wingnut Premium, go head on over to wingnutpremium.com. There is a seven-day free trial. You cannot beat that with a stick. It is worth the price of admission just for the first six episodes alone, which walk you through how to do your own social media strategy for your interior design business. It's an incredible value. It's $24.95 a month. And for that measly little sum, you get the extended deep dive bonus episodes every week. You get the elite Wingnut Premium Facebook group, which is members only. You get the monthly mastermind coaching session with myself and my team to discuss your business and your marketing goals. And you also get a monthly Instagram content planning calendar. Seven day free trial. Like I said, you can't beat that with a stick. Go to wingnutpremium.com. We look forward to seeing you there. 
Oh, and our mastermind, if you sign up early this morning, if you're listening to this in real time, our mastermind is today at 1 p.m. at the Wingnut Premium Group. When you sign up, you'll get all the prompts to join that and uh, we'll invite you and you can just start asking questions about marketing your interior design business. Okay, before I get into my interview with Tanya Dalton, y'all know what time it is. Time for Men in News, Men in News Sesh. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, Emily Lisi, my digital marketing manager. What is your title, Emily? <laughs> oh, technically digital content manager. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Wingnut. Wingnut in uh, here we go. This is why my nickname is Wingnut. All right. So today's mini news, we're talking about my favorite social media app of all time, TikTok. And they are testing a stories feature. Do I hear that correctly? What's going on with that? That is correct. They are officially testing a stories feature, uh, just like stories that you'd see on any other platform like Instagram, Facebook, now Pinterest and YouTube even have it. So these will be stories that'll last 24 hours, just like all the other platforms. Yeah, I mean, really, they're what they're trying to do is get on board with what's performing well on other apps in the same vein of the other apps copying TikTok. I'm surprised by this because... TikTok itself is just kind of like three minute stories now. It seems, seems a little redundant. I mean, I guess the ephemeral content, but you know, that only lasting the 24 hours. But I'm, I'm really surprised that they're doing this myself because I don't know. It just really does seem like a keeping up with the Joneses play. I hate to see them water it down. Did they say why besides just wanting to copy every other platform <laughs> that's doing all the same stuff? They're all just copying each other. I want originality. Yeah, they're just really testing to see how it performs on their own platform. You know, we see platforms like Twitter who tested it out for a few months and they recently just got rid of it completely because people weren't using it. They weren't interacting with stories. So really, it's all about it testing. Those were the fleets. They were very fleeting. Yeah. Mm -hmm, see, what, mm -hmm. see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, when stories work, they're a great way to get users to interact with each other on the app and offer a new place for advertising and to generally keep the feedback loop of a social media app in motion. So it really depends on how this goes. It, it might become an official feature. It might not. It's up to the users themselves and if they're using this feature. That being said, on TikTok, I know I've done a couple of episodes on TikTok. It's still going strong. I see a lot more interior designers on there. A lot more clients are coming to us at Wingnut wanting us to manage their TikTok for them. So I, I do see that you guys are out there seeing the potential of this. I'm curious to see if TikTok is going to reward creators for using their new toy like Instagram does. Just want to see how this plays out. I'll keep an eye out for it. But for me, I just like, I mean, I was on TikTok last night scrolling for an hour. My girlfriend and I just scrolling, laughing like crazy for an hour. I don't know if I would do the stories, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, we will see. <laughs> All right, Emily, thanks again for joining us on Mini News Sesh. We'll see you again next week. Yeah, thank you. See you again. Mini News Sesh. Yeah. Emily is seriously the best. Serious, the best hire I've ever made. Okay. Tanya Dalton is a best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized productivity expert. Tanya serves as a growth strategist for female leaders. Her highly anticipated second book, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success, will be on sale wherever books are sold on October 12th, 2021. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Tanya Dalton to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Tanya Dalton. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? 
Doing pretty good. That's a great way to start. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like to be very highly energetic and welcome my guests in a very casual but upbeat way. And it just kind of breaks the ice and uh, adds a little levity and, and eases some nerves sometimes. Although you're not nervous because you have your own podcast, I'm sure. But still, it's fun. We like to have fun, Tanya. Not only do we deliver uh, actionable takeaways, but we do it with a little bit of a uh, tongue in cheek. So, <laughs> Well, why not have fun? I think that's the thing, especially with business. Like We take business so seriously, and that doesn't mean we have to be serious the whole time. Like, let's, let's enjoy the ride. Let's enjoy what we're doing the whole way, no matter what it is, whether it's a podcast or leading a team meeting or or any of those things. Let's enjoy ourselves. Otherwise, what's the point, right? I mean, why are we doing it? And I was telling the uh, audience when I was introducing you in your bio that you are a productivity coach and a best-selling author and speaker. And in the green room, we were discussing your podcast. What's the name of your podcast again? Tell the listeners. So my podcast is called The Intentional Advantage. Okay, cool. Cool name. We're on episode 230 something at this point. So it's it's been going for quite some time, but I love it. It's such a great way to be able to connect with people. And then I feel like you get to just really dive deep into a lot of these topics. And a lot of what you talk about is very similar to what I talk about with, you know, systems and mindset and enjoying yourself, all of those things. Right. And, and I think we're going to get into a little bit of mindset today. I'm telling you, lately, I've been obsessed. I might be I might be a little bit too heavy into the mindset lately. <laughs> I might have to take a deep dive and do an audit. But I love it anyway. So let's start with that. I, I was listening to your show, doing the research for this interview. And one of your episodes was dealing with the topic on does your business still give you joy? And I know that a lot of the interior designers in, are burnt, are getting a little burnt out, especially now with all the back orders due to COVID. COVID or, you know, fires in foam factories, <laughs> you name it. And with, you know, handholding residential clients, especially and just getting a little bit burnout. So let's speak a little bit to that focus and that finding that joy and how that relates to purpose and productivity. Are you game? Yeah, I think joy is one of those things that that we just don't talk nearly enough about, especially when it comes to business. And I think for most of us, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of your listeners as well, we went into business because we were passionate about something that we were doing. You know, for a lot of your listeners, I'm sure it's doing, you know, design work and finding colors and matching patterns and doing all of those things that brought us a lot of, of passion and excitement. And then we have to do all, all the behind the scenes stuff, right? That's not tied to that joy, the things that running a business entail. And what happens is we get so caught up in that in the numbers and the metrics and the day by day and what we have to do, we lose sight of why we started in the first place. And I think so often we need to take a step back and really assess, am I happy? Is this really where I want to go? And it's like a merry-go-round. We're just going round and round and we feel like, well, this is just the way life is. This is what running a business means I have to work 80 hours a week. And it doesn't have to mean that at all. There's a lot of ways we can infuse joy and happiness through adding things like systems and structure into our business. And really a lot of it does tie into that whole idea of your mindset that you have the power to choose how your life is run and especially how your business is run. That's absolutely on your terms. I love that. And when I started Darla Powell Interiors, which was my interior design firm in Miami, Florida, I made a lot of mistakes. I learned a lot of things the hard way. One of the things that I did right was I wasn't the go-to person to do everything. I didn't take the stress of everything. I hired, I delegated. I may have hired too quick and hired too fast and too much, but I did allow myself some downtime. I wasn't as stressed out with the business. So, And that's something that I've managed to do here at Wingnut as well, is that I'm doing this, I'm doing the podcast, and I have my team 
team of highly creative, very brilliant staff handling all the social media and all the marketing for the interior designers, which gives me some freedom and, and joy. But if I was bogged down by all of that, and, and maybe not. <laughs> not just maybe not, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that you have to do when you run a business. There's a lot of hats to wear. And I think so often we feel like we have to wear all the hats, that if we're not wearing the hats, that it's not going to get done right quote unquote, right, the right way or to our standards. And a lot of that is really tying into that whole idea of perfectionism, that there's only one way to do things. And so I have to do it all myself. And it's hard to relinquish some of that control over to other people. I mean, people like me say all the time, you got to delegate, you got to hand things over. That's not easy to do because your business is like another child. It's like, you know, handing over your child and saying, go help this grow. And, and there are times where you're going to get burned by team members. You're going to get burned by bad hires Yeah, and we can allow that to hold us back, or we can allow that to be lessons that we add to our backpack. And the thing is, I mean, it sounds like your backpack and my backpack, they're pretty full, right? <laughs> lots of lessons learned, lots of mistakes made along the way, but that's part of the journey. And that's, that's part of finding our way to what it is we really want. It's when we stop doing what everybody else is doing and we stop looking around, craning our necks, looking over that fence to see the grass on the other side and see how green it is. And it's when we start realizing and recognizing we can define success on our own terms. We can define how our business is run on our own terms, that we have that power to choose. And I think when we take that power and we start using it, it's incredible the difference it can make in your life, not just your professional life, but your personal life, because all of that is connected, right? We're not just a, a business owner. We're not just an interior designer or, you know, a staging artist or, or any of those things that we, we put on our resume. We're, we're so much more than that. So it's really taking a step and looking at your life as a whole and deciding, how do I want to live? Do I want to live it on purpose or do I want to live it in a way that looks good to everybody else. Yeah, and, and you're so right. And I've, I've told the audience this before. And then personally, I've even struggled when I was deciding, do I want to do the marketing wingnut social full-time because I love it? Or do I want to do interior design full-time because I also love that? But my part of my consideration of making my choice is the appearance, the optics of it. I was a little concerned about, you know, maybe what it would look like or what someone might say if I were to choose the marketing over the design. So that is definitely something too. And to your point, I think one of the best ways to winnow down what your purpose is and why you started it in the first place is just to go back to the roots and figure out what your why is, just kind of razor that down and what your why is and then build up on top of that and see if you can salvage that or salvage that joy. Having said that, at what point, I have asked a couple other guests this question too, so I'm curious to hear your take. Once you've done this research and you've winnowed it down and you, your why is, is popping up, what if the why isn't there anymore? <laughs> when do you call it? When do you say, you know what, this isn't giving me joy anymore. I'm just going to call it and I'm going to pivot. Well, I can tell you I've been there. I have been there. I've closed the business, right? And you have as well. And this is part of the evolution sometimes. Not everybody goes through that type of evolution, but for, for many people it is where you start something because you think it's what you want or what you think you should want. And you go down that path. And for me, with my first business, I started my first business in 2008. It was successful. I started that business with $50. I grew it to the point where my husband could quit corporate America, come work alongside me. He has an MBA with an MBA income. From the outside, everyone's like, she's living the dream, right? My business is paying the bills. It's feeding my kids the three meals a day that they like to have. <laughs> it was doing all the things. It was checking all the boxes. 
But in 2013, I looked at my husband and I said, I love you. I love working with you. I don't love what we're doing. It's not bringing me joy. And it was a lot of the the sleepless nights staring at the ceiling, watching those red numbers of the clock counting down, right? And thinking to myself, why am I doing this? I'm killing myself to do all these things. And I'm not even happy. And again, it feels soft because you know what? You look at the bank account and you think this is our mortgage is there. We're, we're good. We're taking care of all the things that need taking care of. But if you're not happy, what is the point? And for me, that meant taking a step back and assessing. And sometimes you take a step back and it's like, oh, I just need to make a couple of little, little tweaks, little shifts. For me, it was, all right, we got to close this sucker down and we're going to shift mm-hmm. gears totally and shift into something brand new, something that really I am more passionate about. And so I took some time to really dive into that. What am I truly passionate about? And I took the things that I really was passionate about and I created Inkwell Press Productivity Co. out of that. And then I scaled that to seven figures in 18 months, I think because I was so passionate about it and because I had that big, heavy backpack. I already (laughs) had all those mistakes under my belt. I already had all those lessons I had learned that I could apply. And I think that's the thing people get afraid of. They, They have all this sunk cost. Where they're like, well, I've already spent all this time on this business, or I've already put all this energy into it. We do this with our team. We do it with our business. We do it with, you know, all kinds of things where we say, well, I've already put so much into it. I'm stuck. And we're never stuck. We have never painted ourselves into a corner. There have been times in my life where I, I thought I painted myself into a corner. I forgot to look up and realize there's no walls. There's no walls. We're never painted in a corner. You can always shift and change and grow in the direction you want to grow in. And so for me, that closing a business and opening up something new, and that's not a failure. That's a redefinition of success. Yeah, and I agree. And I just went through that. I just went through a divorce and figuring out which of the businesses gave me the most joy. And I still love design, but the Wingnut Social, it gives me the most freedom, the most joy, truthfully, the better income at the moment. And I was going to ask you, did your husband give you any resistance when you're like, you know what, I know the mortgage is getting paid and the kids are having three square meals, DCF's not coming to the house, but <laughs> but I'm, I think I want to pivot. Was he supportive or, or did he give you a little pushback? No, he was. I mean, maybe even a little too supportive. He said, great, what is it you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. So it was really frightening to think like, I have no idea. My husband is is incredibly supportive. I think, you know, people ask me all the time, what would you have done if he wasn't supportive? And I think a lot of that comes down to communication, like really having some honest, uh, you know, heart to heart conversations and really laying on the table all these things. Because truthfully, too, it's not like I just shut off the lights and close the door the next day. I didn't say, oh, I'm not passionate about this. Let me just let me just pack this up. It, you know, I mean, there was a process to closing it up. I made sure that I, I socked away some money. I made sure that we we tightened our belts a little bit. We decided there was no more sushi night. We decided there was, you know, no more movies out kind of a thing. And we would save our money. And I saved up some money so that it wouldn't be this giant shock to our system when we closed the business. So it wasn't an overnight decision. It was something we decided. And then together, we made that decision to close several months down the road, which made it easier. But, you know, one of the things people ask me is, well, you could have maybe kept both the businesses open. And I could have, but I don't think I really would have been happy with that. And I would have been exhausted. I would have been worn out. I would have been absolutely burned out. 
And, and honestly, I wasn't passionate about it. You would have spread yourself too thin. And that's what I was coming across is I couldn't do either of them 100%. And I had to figure out which one do I want to give 1000%. And if you're listening to this in the audience, I know in the, in the beginning, I said, you know, there's designers out there who have burnout or whatever, but this could also apply to you if you're an aspiring designer, maybe you're in your nine to five, and you hate it. And you were thinking, God, I've always wanted to do design. Again, you can winnow that down and figure out what your joy is, but don't just half-ass go off and <laughs> say never, what's your job. Never have I'll that. always have a plan. I did that. I was a cop when I did that, but I had a plan. You know, I had my retirement set up and everything. I didn't just jump off, you know, and say, okay, um, Jesus, take the design wheel, color wheel. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. I love that. Well, I think that's the. I think this is the kind of the myth that we have. We have this this picture in our head that. Jumping off a cliff means you just blindly run and you jump. And sometimes it's saying, okay, I want to jump to the other side, but let me look to see down the road if there's a bridge. Let me see if there's a spot where the chasm is a little more narrow where I can actually make the jump. It's not just this blind leap of faith. It is really taking a look at where you've been, where you want to go, and then making that decision of how you want to get there. You know, we get really caught up, and this is something that I dive into quite a bit with my newest book, On Purpose, is we get caught up with this idea of A to Z, right? I know where I am now, and I know where I want to go. And the B to Y, the in-between of how I'm going to get there, we don't know what to do. So we just kind of sweep that under the rug. So really taking some time to figure out what's going to make the most sense for me. If you are in a nine to five right now, what does that look like to step down in six months? Can you go ahead and start saving some money to make that happen? Can you start doing a few things on the side in the evening? Like stop the Netflix watching and use that time instead to to do some things just to get your business off the ground. Some of the groundwork. Think of it as this beautiful runway. I think we get really caught up in, I hate that I have to wait for my dream to start And instead, we can look at it as, I have this amazing runway ahead of me. I have time to really start thinking about what is it I want to do? What's the niche I want to get into? What do I think I want for the look and feel of my brand? What do I think I want? Who are my, what I like to call your soulmate clients, the clients that you love to work with? Who is that? Start working on those avatars and map those things out while you're working your nine to five or while you're doing whatever business you're in right now. Use that kind of on the side. Knock that into your calendar, 30 minutes a day. You will be amazed at what you can accomplish in 30 minutes a day after a couple of weeks. It's, it's pretty incredible when you put your mind to it. Hey, this is Darla from Wingnut Social. Wingnut Social is a marketing agency for the interior designers. And I know something about that because I am an interior designer. And when I was doing full-time design in Miami, Florida, my social media marketing made all the difference in bringing me leads and clients. And not only that, but broadening my awareness, my reach, my brand awareness, and keeping me top of mind for clients when they were ready to pull that trigger on my interior design services. And right now, I know you guys are super, super busy. But we all know that it's not going to last forever. So it's very important to keep top of mind and keep that pipeline stoked for when this super unprecedented busy design season decides to, you know, go away to do the opposite. And right now we have two slots left open for our full service digital marketing before we close enrollment for the fall and reopen it back sometime in December. So two spots left open for our full service social media marketing. We are 
busy, busy, busy. We have a waiting list. And that is because we have a very low churn rate. And what a churn rate means in the industry is, you know, someone comes in, someone goes out, someone comes in, someone goes out and sales has to, you know, churn, has to keep on top of it. Well, at Wingness Social, nobody leaves. (laughs) Nobody leaves which is a testament to the job that we do for our clients. As a matter of fact, you can go to wingnutsocial.com, check out the case studies at the very top navigation, and you can see some of the results that we've managed to achieve for our clients while doing their digital marketing. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com or give us a call at 786-206-4331. We'll be happy to help you out. Have you visited our sponsor, buildlane.com? If you haven't, why haven't you? You know, when I was doing full-time interior design in Miami, Florida, I would have given my whole collection of Star Wars action figures to have known about Build Lane because we were doing a buttload of custom furniture work. The logistics were awful, but Build Lane, the genius behind them is they've solved that. They are basically a one-stop shop for all of your custom furniture needs. They have a whole stable full of vetted vendors that are capable of building almost anything you can imagine. And all you have to do is give them a fully specified CAD file or a pencil drawing on a cocktail napkin. And Build Lane is going to match the needs of the piece that you need with one of their highly vetted factories that has all the capabilities to make that. And they'll return a quote to you. You get your own little manager. You can show your clients, here is your beautiful piece getting built along the way. Aren't you freaking excited? Guys, this is the perfect opportunity to up-level your interior design game to make yourself that designer who can offer things that no other designer can. You need to get over to buildlane.com fast. And be sure to use the special code WINGNUT250 for $250 off of that whole situation right there. That's buildlane.com, wingnut250. You're going to love them. Some of the smartest, most successful designers that I've seen over the little over four years that I've been doing this now have been the ones who started it as a side hustle. Picked up the weekend stuff, learned a little bit, maybe slower, but learned smarter you know, didn't quit their day job. And finally, when they just had too many clients coming in, they were like, you know, okay, and here, I'm going to have to make a a choice. But that I think just to to do it smart, because although we're talking about you want to find your joy, you want to find something that gives you joy, whether it's within your existing design business, or you're thinking of getting into it. And that's emotional, right? Our joy is what makes us happy, fills us what our heart would love or anything. You don't want to make decisions emotionally. (laughs) I hate my job, you know, take this job and shove it. (laughs) I ain't working here no more. Remember that song? (laughs) Right. I think the thing to keep in mind is loving what you do doesn't mean you love what you do every day. Yeah. Right. I love what I do. I don't love paying sales tax. I don't love when it's time to reconcile accounts. I don't love running inventory. I mean, those are not things that like get me fired up. So it's always going to be parts to whatever it is you do that are not that much fun, but it's really about making the majority of it enjoyable. We have to put on our big girl pants too and realize this is life and this is a business and it's not all going to be, you know, better roses. But what I like to do in those circumstances, whenever I can, is to delegate those. (laughs) I hate this. I suck at it. Guess what? Here's your job. Bing. (laughs) You know, if I can, but I, I still do things that I don't like to do. In fact, I had mentioned this before, but I likened when I went into the interior design business, it's like, 
you know, when you go to Disney World, it's a fun, magical place. But imagine working at Disney World behind the scenes, how that paradigm shifts and changes. Don't get me wrong. I, I adore, I love live and breathe design. But yeah, the business part of it was getting a little uh, ooh, suffocating. Okay, so let's talk about, let's shift a little bit. And you talk about living each day on purpose, purposefully. How does that tie in with what we've already discussed? Let's start with that word purpose, because I feel like it's got, it's got a lot of weight to it. And people get really bogged down in that idea of like purpose, like it's this big thing. And it's having purpose really is about living bigger than today. It's really seeing who you want to be in the future and working towards that. I like to say that living on purpose isn't about changing who you are. It's rising up to be the best version of you. When we live on purpose, it means that we're we're recognizing that there's a there's a destination, there's a place we want to go. It's seeing that vision. And in our business, I like to call that our north star, our vision, our uh, mission, our core values. Those three things make up our north star. And really understanding where it is I want to go and then working backwards to map that out. Okay, well if I want to be here in 10 years, that means in 5 years I need to be at this other spot right? I need to have these things done. And then I'm going to back that up a little bit more. And then I'm going to back it up a little bit more. What happens is we start off by looking at what is that potential? What can we possibly do in 10 years? And we back it up to what is possible. What's possible in three to five years? If that's what you want, your potential, what is possible in three to five years? And then back it up a little bit more into what's practical. What could I practically do in a year? And that's how we start to set our goals. How can I practically see what I want to do in a year? And then we back it up a little bit more to three to six months to what do we want to prioritize? And when we do that, we take our goals, we take our daily actions, the things that we're doing on a regular basis, and we tie them to that potential, to that destination we want to get to. So really, it's all about that satisfaction we get. Because here's the thing. How many times have you had a to-do list that was three miles long, right? You've chased busy. All day long, you've checked a million things off that to-do list, right? You've run, you run there, you run everywhere. You fall into bed at night. And what do you think to yourself? Oh, why didn't I get more done? Oh, I should have done more. Even though you were busy all day long, you go to bed at night and you feel dissatisfied. You feel unsuccessful. You feel worn out and exhausted. And the problem is, is we're so busy doing all the things. We're not doing the things that are really important, that are tied to that bigger vision. When we do fewer things, that are tied to that purpose, that bigger vision of where we want to go, when we do fewer things, we actually find that we're happier. We go to bed at night and think, oh, I did great work today. I did something amazing today. It's it's like, you know, take 50 steps in 50 different directions. Where are you going to end up? Well, who knows? God knows <laughs> yeah. where. Maybe further behind, right? But if you instead took five steps, five steps in a forward direction towards that purpose, even if they're five small steps, where are you going to end up? five steps closer to where you want to go. So it's not about the quantity. It's the quality of the choices we're making. And that's what happens is we do those fewer things, but because they're tied to something bigger, we go to bed at night and go, oh, feels so good. I did great today. I mean, when's the last time you went to bed at night and said, good work. You're amazing. Last night. <laughs> So what do you say to that person that's out there listening who is having uh, paralysis by analysis? Well, I would say oftentimes, honestly, that's tied to your perfection. 
I say perfection is tied to procrastination, which leads to paralysis. What happens is we get we get really caught up either in this idea and we over-romanticize it of what it's going to look like. And then we we stymie ourselves and we can't even start. Or we're so busy amassing different ideas and different concepts that we get this idea dead and we feel like we're spinning around in circles. So we have to let go of perfection. There is no perfect. There's just starting. Just do it. As Nike says, just do it. Get out there. It's better ugly and done than not done at all. That's how I did it. That's how, And let me tell you, there was a lot of ugly. There's a lot of ugly when you're starting your business. That's okay. You know, a lot of times we think the opposite of stuck is unstuck. Like something's magical is going to happen and all of a sudden we're unstuck. The opposite of stuck is action. It's taking action. It's taking even a small step, a tiny step, an itty bitty step forward in a direction. That's what gets you unstuck. Because once you take one step, it's so easy to take a second step and then a third step and a fourth step. And the next thing you know, you're off and running. A good story about getting it done and getting it done ugly is Luann Nagara. She has an interior design podcast in the space, business space called A Well-Designed Business. She's a very well-known podcast host in the space. And even now, she says, if you go back and listen to my first episode, I can't even listen to them. They were so bad. <laughs> you know, she, she's like, ah, oh, she cringes to listen to them. But guess what? She did it. She went out there and she did it. And now she has like the number one interior design business podcast, I think, in, on the market. And she's a well sought after speaker, author, et cetera, et cetera. You might say to yourself, oh, I don't want to look at those pictures from five years ago or whatever, but <laughs> who cares? You, you went out there and you got it done. That's, that's a matter of grit. So just to summarize, all right, so we're winnowing out down our joy to see what does give us joy, what gives us joy in the business, pursuing whatever that answer you came up with on purpose and not procrastinating, right? Get out there and don't worry about being perfect. Well, say I'm going backtrack just a little bit. Let's say that some of the designers in the audience are, gosh, you know, um, I do love design and there's a lot of this business that gives me joy. I know my why was to develop beautiful spaces, help families live a more harmonious life with my designs, et cetera, whatever that case may be. But I'm not so sure I enjoy the business side or it's stressing me out or they're not quite ready to say goodbye to it. What are some steps that they can take to shake up and get that, you know, the joy back in more aspects besides delegating, which I think would be a great one of those answers. Well, first of all, delegate. I think we've mentioned <laughs> the word delegate like 75 times. We could make this a drinking game. Every time we say the word delegate, go ahead and take a drink. <laughs> I'm the queen of delegation. In fact, a good friend of mine, Kate O'Hara, has been on the podcast uh, with Martha O'Hara Interiors. We box her every now and then, and I was playing The Sims, which is a video game. But I wasn't playing it. I was having my girlfriend do the controller, and I was saying, go here, do that, build this house this way. And she was she was laughing at me. She's like, oh, that tracks. That's the only way I can picture you playing that game, is <laughs> playing it, but telling someone else how to oh use it. Oh, my gosh. Control. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're a mass delegator. Yeah. People do. They struggle with the delegation. And what happens, too, is people... They mistake delegation for decision-making. When you delegate, it doesn't mean that you're over every single decision, right? Because that's the thing is they'll say, well, I've delegated, but it just takes me more time or it's really frustrating and they don't see it as an investment, right? It's an investment in themselves. It's an investment in the team member that they're investing that time in so that eventually they can take it off and run with it on their own. So I would absolutely say to start by delegating. I would also start by taking a step back and really assessing I would use the Pareto principle. I don't know if you've talked about that here on the show, but the Pareto principle is, it's also often known as the 80-20 rule, where it's the vital few 
creates the many, right? It creates the biggest impact. What happens is we get caught up in the trivial many. We're doing all the things. When really, if we whittle down and we look, about 20% of our clients are bringing in 80% of our income, 80% of our revenue. 20% of our tasks are attracting 80% of our clients. 20% of the actions we do are creating 80% of what we are really putting forth into the world. This Pareto principle applies in all areas of life. There's 20% of your carpet gets 80% of the wear. 20% of your closet is what you wear 80% of the time. It's kind of a fascinating thing when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh gosh, this is absolutely accurate. It's been proven time and time again. It's, it's a method that's been around since the 1700s. So it's pretty well proven. But what I would say is, look at the 20%. What are the 20% of the tasks that you're doing that are really creating the big results? Look at your clientele. Look at your 20%, or it might for you, it might be 10%, might be 15%, but it's a small percentage. Look at those people and look, are they creating the the mass or the majority of my revenue? If so, why are we spending equal amounts of time with all 100%? We should be spending time really with that 20%, right? Honing in on those things, honing in on those tasks. What happens is we look around and we see, oh, well, this interior designer is doing these things, so I should do it. Well, this one's doing these things, so I should do this too. Well, this one's doing that. So we start amassing all these different things that we should be doing. We're shooting on ourselves, right? We should be doing this, should be doing that. And really, all those tasks are not equal. Some of them are bringing a much greater impact than the others. So really pay attention to the different tasks that you're doing and see which ones are bringing you the best bang for the buck, and then get rid of the other ones. Don't even delegate them. Get rid of them. You know, if you're doing a blog post every week, and it's not bringing in clients, or it's not bringing in the right clients, your soulmate clients, then why are you spending time doing that? Especially if it's something that you're not enjoying right? If it is something you're enjoying and it's bringing you the right clients, double down on that. Spend more time on that because you're enjoying it. Generally, the tasks that are bringing us the revenue, the tasks that are bringing us in the clients, the tasks that are bringing us all those things are also bringing us the joy because they're the things that we enjoy and we actually put ourselves fully into, which is why they're bringing us that bang for the buck. So taking a good look at what you're doing, getting rid of 80% literally 80%. You'll be amazed at the dead weight you get rid of. And it feels like when you get your hair cut, ah, so light and fresh and easy and good and all those things. Except you don't have all those prickly hairs in your shirt afterwards. (laughs) Tanya, that's great. Excellent advice. Listen, would you be open to joining me on the uh, Wingnut Premium episode after to extend this conversation? I'd like to get into a couple of paralysis methods. I see some acronyms here that you have. As far as your MTO method for setting goals and a couple of other things, are you game to join me over there? Absolutely. I'd love to. Okay, terrific. Before we do that, please tell the Wingnut Social audience where they can go to find out more about you and we'll get into the fire round. Yes. Well, the best place to find me is tanyadalton.com. You'll find links to my podcast, The Intentional Advantage there. You'll also find links to my books, The Joy of Missing Out, and also On Purpose. Both of those are available anywhere books are sold. On Purpose is not coming out till October. But you'll find links to just about anywhere and everywhere you can find me at tanyadalton.com. And of course, podcast hosts get complimentary copies. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, Tanya Dalton. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I I hope so. (laughs) Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? That I live my life by my priorities. I don't just talk about 
what I talk about here, I live it on a daily basis that I did what was most important every single day. Love it. Walk, what is it? Talk the talk and walk the walk. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have one of your favorite foods like in perpetuity. What is it? Well, can it be a genre like just dessert? No, it's got to be more specific. Nice try though. I know. Well, I was trying to see if I could kind of skirt the system there. It didn't quite work out for me. <laughs> I used to be a cop. Did I mention that? <laughs> I can see that. Okay. <laughs> I would say probably something like like hamburgers, because I feel like you can make hamburgers a thousand different ways, right? Like you can put guacamole on them. You can put cheese on them. You can do them plain. You can, I mean, they're, they kind of become a canvas. So that would be my absolute choice. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound impact on you either personally or professionally. Yeah. So I would say Think and Grow Rich was probably one of the first books I read that really showed me that my mindset, the way that I think really creates my reality. And it, sh- it really started that shift for me in really understanding why it was important to spend time on my mindset and change the way that I look at myself and the way that I view the world. That's a classic. That's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. All right. Awesome. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm going to meet you over in the Wingnut Premium Studio. Fabulous. Can't wait. Had you guys heard of that before? The Pareto principle, the 80-20? That is so true. I'm always going to my closet and picking out the same five (laughs) t-shirts, the same two pairs of tennis shoes. I I know. I'm a total, total dork. With my, they're usually Star Wars t-shirts. I'm not going to lie. I probably should step up my fashion game here, but COVID has put on like an extra 30 pounds. So it's going to be t-shirts for a minute, a hot minute. And that's something that we did at Wingnut Social too, working with our coach, Michelle Williams over at the Scarlet Thread Consulting is we did pare down. We did a lot of that 80-20. We pared down some of the 20. I wouldn't say some of the 80, maybe like say 60 and reduced expenses. And it's so easy to just, you know, add up software and for the expenses to pile up and and to look into that. So that's something that we did do. And I'd never heard of the Pareto principle before. I thought that was very interesting. So Tanya and I do carry our conversation over in Wingnut Premium and to dive a little bit deeper in some of her methodologies. Again, you can hit that up at wingnutpremium.com. Get in there early enough and join us in the mastermind today. We'd love to meet you and say hi. We have a tremendous group over there and every month it's a lot of learning and it's, it's just fun and a lot of perspectives and paradigms and people with questions that might bring up something you hadn't even thought of yet that you had a question about but forgot about or didn't even really realize you had a question. (laughs) It's a really great group. That's wingnutpremium.com. All right, that's it for today's show, Wingnut Premium listeners. I'll see you over in the premium studio. Remember, get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. Feature a la Instagram, you know how they like to do, I said, you know, again. Now I'm hot flashing. (laughs) I just started hot flashing in the middle of that. Oh my God, it's been so bad, Emily. The extended bonus info. I ain't working here no more. Good boy, Mango.